Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Hey, this is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and today I want to talk about the 5G ecosystem. Basically, it's the 5G infrastructure ecosystem. And the reason I want to talk about this, because it's pretty cool, it's interesting to learn about, it's interesting to see the evolution of 4G come up to 5G. That's what I really find fascinating. This is only a very small portion of what I'm coming out with on my new book, The Road to 5G Deployment. What I'm trying to do is put together a collection of reports of all the infrastructure that's going to be needed for 5G deployment, and I thought this would interest you. While this is a partial chapter, I couldn't fit the whole chapter in. The chapter is around 5,000 words, which is, you know, for any of you guys, you know, probably two hours to read, including me, not a fast reader. But first, I want to thank my sponsors, Tower Tracker Pro. TowerTrackerPro.com, all one word, TowerTrackerPro.com. They have all your clo- they have a software as a service that will solve your closeout package needs. It will walk you through the closeout as you're doing it. So the whole idea here is to make one visit to the site, walk through everything, get all the pictures, have everything properly done, and before the crew leaves the site, have them uploaded to the cloud so that someone back at the office can verify and testify that all the information is correct, ready to go, and exactly what the end customer wants, usually a carrier. TowerTrackerPro.com. I also want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction at TowerSafety.com. Tower Safety and Instruction is a state-accredited school in the state of Arizona for all all your tower training needs. Also, Kathy has created and run a fine school. They will come to you. You can go to them and you can get all your on-site training needs when you have to climb the tower. But she also included Tell Tech College, T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college dot com. Tell Tech hyphen college dot com. And basically that's so you can update your certs online, or you can take additional courses, things that you can do online. It's really easy to do. It's quick, and you can do it on your own time. It isn't like you have to go to Arizona or have them come to you, and it's very cost-effective. So towersafety.com and teltech, T-E-L-T-E-C-H hyphen college.com for all your tower safety and drone training needs for tower work. Okay, let's talk about the 5G ecosystem. Now, I get excited about this because 5G, baby... It's the next G. It's one higher than 4G. It's two higher than 3G. And it's more than double 2G. (laughs) Okay, I'm really stretching for that one. But the reality is the 5G ecosystem is going to be the next evolution. And I say that because it's going to evolve from 4G. It's going to be different than what we've done in the past. So little history lesson. 2G, pretty much voice, like 1G. 1G was, we didn't even call it 1G. We just said, hey, I have, you know two-way radio. Then we have 2G, which was, you know, the, the smart radios, IMTS, approved mobile telephone system. Then we had 3G, which could have been CDMA or GSM, but it was basically still voice with some data capability, but also the data to track, like, you know, you could look at um, caller ID and things like that. Then you had 4G, which everyone decided they wanted to go LTE, except Sprint because they tried WiMAX, which they hence shut down. But anyway, 4G was is basically LTE for everybody worldwide. And 4G is basically a data-centric system, an IP-based system where we do voice over IP 
And now we have 5G. It's the next G. And what 5G is, it's going to have its own standard, right? The 5G standard. But the reason I keep saying evolution over revolution, while there will be changes at the site, it's going to build off what we have. And it's going to it's going to be basically a collection of uh, LTE systems that we already have. So while we do want to upgrade, they're going to build up LTE till it comes up to the standard of 5G. And then they'll have a 5G standard, which the 3GPP group just released in December, at least partial. And I have the links in there. But now, if you want to learn more about over the air modulation, I have links in there if you're interested in that. And I would recommend going to the uh, test equipment companies like Rody and Schwartz. They really have a lot of notes about over the air stuff. The modulation, 256 qualm, 64 qualm. Granted, it's kick-ass modulation. They can do a lot with it. And it's amazing what we can do with LTE now. So my point is, if you want to learn more, I have links in there. I'm not going to really get into that. I want to talk more about the infrastructure ecosystem, which includes a lot of things. Like I said, carrier aggregation is huge because now we can take multiple carriers across different formats like Wi-Fi, LTE, or different bands and make it look like one big pipe. Now, how cool is that? It's pretty freaking amazing if you ask me. I have a lot of stuff in there about carrier aggregation, but I think what we really want to do is look how efficient the spectrum is going to be and the best way for spectral efficiency. How are we going to do that? We have massive MIMO which really makes it uh, a big boost for getting the biggest bang for a buck from the antenna. We have beam forming. Now, when I say beam forming, everyone seems to say, well, beam forming has been around for years. Well, now we have 3D beam forming and we have beam tracking so we can track that specific customer, customer and user is what I should say. And we can get the 3D beam forming to focus on that customer or maybe just one or two customers. The whole idea of beam forming is to concentrate not only the data and the signal in that customer, but also to eliminate the interference that you get from the surrounding people. So the whole idea of massive MIMO, now you suddenly have 32, 64, 128 elements, each one focused on specific users or a specific group of users, making the spectrum so much more efficient, assuming you have enough of it to handle it. But it's pretty cool. So what is NR? NR is new radio. Now, I would think with 5G, they would have some better name like hyper radio or ultra radio or, or black hole radio. You know, some, some high-tech name. You know, they could have picked anything. And what do they pick? They pick NR, new radio. It just seems so unoriginal to me. But hey, what do I know? That's uh, those marketing geniuses. I would say they wanted to keep it simple. New radio, honestly, <laughs> does that impress anybody? I think we'll stick with 5G. It just sounds more impressive than NR, new radio. But NR, new radio, is what it is. That's going to be the new system. And 3GPP is sorting all this out for us. So we understand that there is going to be a standard for 5G NR. In December of 2017, they actually did come up with a standard for partial of it. I think for the fixed wireless, perhaps. I don't know if they did it for mobility, but they're working there. But meanwhile, the carriers aren't going to sit still while the 5G standard comes out. They're probably working on massive MIMO right now, 3D beam forming. They're trying to get low latency to work the best way it can. And that's going to be with um, MEC, which is mobile edge computing. That's where they put the server like right at the cell site or right at the BBU. Because now what we're going to learn is the cell sites will probably just have the radio heads and some type of interface and front hall. Not everywhere, but I think that's that's the goal is to put as little equipment at the tower site and put it more back somewhere else now that they can do that. And again... 
It's pretty amazing. This is all infrastructure changes. So you got to think about CRAN, Centralized Radio Access Network, and eventually it'll be Cloud Radio Access Network, RAN, Radio Access Network. Basically, what they want to do is put the BBUs in one place. As the BBUs get smarter and smarter, as we get fiber run everywhere and the latency comes down, things are going to be pretty good as far as getting the data out there. One of the reasons they want to have a closet instead of at the tower site I think what they want to do, the tower companies, I think we're hoping that they would, when I say tower companies, I mean companies like American Tower, Crown Castle, and SBA. I think they were hoping to have data centers at their site because more real estate means more money. And there are some carriers that can do that. Like the models that I see for that would be like a Verizon or an AT&T where they still have a lot of shelters at the site. T-Mobile and Sprint, you know, they just threw in basically cabinets at every site. Which if you're a tech worker in the Northeast and you have to go out to a site to do some work, it's really going to suck this winter. I'm just saying. It sucks to work outside in the cold on a cabinet. All I can say is take all the extra time and put the tent up try to get some heat in that tent enough said the new radio is basically going to involve the standards and when we say new radio i think it is going to be a new radio but the reality is the carriers are going to work their way there by like i said the carrier aggregation the massive mimo and all the features we really have to look at it that way we can't look at everything like it's going to be a complete forklift upgrade but there is going to be a lot of changes at the tower site new antennas the new radios and possibly the backhaul and again the backhaul is going to have to be bigger somehow they're going to have to cut down latency and that might be putting servers at the site to handle the data and route it properly again mobile edge computing there's a whole business around mobile edge computing in other words it could get painful when mobile systems are upgraded like they have been in the past but here's a way where lte and whatever the 5g new radio standard is they're going to work together in theory seamlessly that's a wonderful thing about it. And if you think it can't be done, look at what the carriers and the OEMs have done with 3G and 4G. Doesn't matter what system you're on, but the device can hand off back and forth very well between the two. I'm not saying it's easy. It was really a technical miracle that they were able to do uh, circuit switched fallback from 4G to 3G and so forth. I'm really impressed with the way that works. But the carriers have a, a conundrum, let's say. They have to figure out how to make more money off of 5G. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, it's 5G. They'll make more money off phones, devices, airtimes, whatever. Listen, the reality is that 5G is pretty cool. It's going to allow them to have a lot more bandwidth and spectrum and new features. But T-Mobile and Sprint basically changed the game when they gave unlimited data. So why does that play into what we're doing with the infrastructure? If you have unlimited data for whatever, 100 bucks a month, let's say, they don't have a way to make more money. They aren't making any money off roaming anymore. They can't soak us for that. People just don't care about voice. We have unlimited texting. And if the data is unlimited too, it isn't like they're going to soak us when we go way over our limit because we had to watch whatever, you know, we had to watch Netflix. We had to binge on Netflix watching Breaking Bad for 20 hours straight on our cell phone. Not saying we would do that, but I'm sure some people have. But my point is, if it's unlimited data, who cares? T-Mobile already has unlimited data for a lot of video services. And I, I don't remember the plan, but maybe it was Netflix. But my point is, it's going to be hard to make more money off all that extra data. So you got to do it one of two ways. You either have to up your subscribers, which means you have to steal them from another carrier or find new markets that are on tap, or you have to have new applications, new services. And again, this goes back to the servers and everything that they're going to have to have. But the real moneymaker is going to be the apps, the software, the firmware, things that can be turned on remotely in the same device. You have to think of the business side of it. If they can't make more money, what's the incentive for upgrading? 
honestly. And that's why you're going to see new devices going into new markets like the ISP market, Internet Service Provider. That's something that the carriers are going to do. And you can tell AT&T and Verizon are working very hard on that because it's a new revenue stream and they're going to compete head-to-head -head with the cable companies because, again, they see a way to make money there. And I do see it as being as competing with them. If I can take my smartphone and use that as my hotspot in my house, I'm not saying I would, but I'm saying if I could, that would be pretty awesome because I've already used it for a Wi-Fi hotspot just so my laptop would work. Pretty freaking amazing. How does this help the business of 5G? That's what we got to think about, and that's what we're looking at. So for 5G initially, whoever has it first, the uh, end user gets to have bragging rights. I have a 5G phone. Well, that wears off in about six months when everybody has it. But the point is, if you're first to market, you make a little more money. The devices, you're going to have some awesome device. That's another way that they're going to make money. But now, maybe it's going to go back to where we put those uh, 5G radios in the laptops. I would love to see that personally. I know we have Wi-Fi everywhere, but if people could rely on like LTEU, the CBRS, or even license spectrum in their laptops, maybe it would go back to the days when we thought it was so cool to have a modem in our laptops. But now all of them have 5G, but... Maybe eventually the chipset for the 5G new radio will be cost effective where they'll be in every radio, uh, every radio. The radios will be in every laptop so you can use it on any carrier. Sort of like when you buy an iPhone, you can use it on any carrier's system. You just have to activate the proper SIM. So I think that might actually happen. I think you might see it in new devices, more devices, things like that. And it seems reasonable. I just see things like that changing. It's a lot like they're going to the carriers are going to compete with the cable companies now. Cable companies don't seem concerned, but I'm going to ask you something. Do you remember... If you're my age, I'm in my 50s. When there were hard lines, every, or hard lines, landlines everywhere. When we had landlines everywhere, and I'm just stating the obvious, no one ever thought that would go away. I didn't. I didn't see that going anywhere. You know what? Who's a landline now? Very few people. And if you do, chances are it's through your cable company. And the only reason it's through your cable company is so that you don't have to, I'm going to be honest with you, I have a landline through my cable company because they discounted me. They actually gave me the landline and it costs less money. And I know why they do it. That's so they can have telemarketers call <laughs> on my phone line. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an idiot here. I get a lot of telemarketing through that line. I don't like it. Don't enjoy it. But you know what? I don't answer it either. I really could care less. I use it for specific things. It's nice to have it in a way, but let's face it. We all use our smartphones at some point. The other thing, virtual reality, augmented reality, those are services that broadband's going to enable. Those are services that the carriers have to find a way to make money off of. And it's going to revolutionize the medical community because they're going to be able to do so much more. That's where I really see that making a difference with medicine. Whether they take advantage of it or not, I don't know. I, I notice the medical community tends to be really cheap. Even when they can see great advances, they don't always take advantage of it. So what what's going to happen here? Really, the big change, what we're going to see in our market, people are going to start cutting their cable connections. They're going to start using their wireless devices. Most people, they already have two or three devices from a carrier now. You know, some people have work phones and personal phones. Soon they'll just have a box in their house that's wireless to get to watch TV. They'll probably start watching TV on the internet. Now, for the carrier, they're going to rely on 5G for customer retention. The more devices you have with somebody, the better the retention. That's the way it's always been. Let me tell you, it's very hard if you have six devices with one carrier to give all that up and get six new devices from another carrier. I know it's easier now that you can migrate your phone numbers from one to the other, but if you've ever had uh, contracts 
It's very hard that all contracts end at the same time. Now, T-Mobile has that no contract thing. I don't know how that works. If you have no contract, you think you could just move it from one to the other easily. But think about it. If you have five or six phones, you know, let's say one for your spouse and four for each kid. Yeah, one for each kid. Yeah, four for the kids. It's going to be a challenge to get everyone together and have them give up their devices. Now, with that said, we all love getting a new device, new smartphone. That's exciting. So maybe it'll all work out. But that that's something that the carriers are going to have to work with. But I see the carriers also worried more about the apps, the video, the things that they can make money on in addition to that. So that device, they're going to count on more than just the device. They're going to count on more than just the airtime. They're going to rely on like Netflix or, or whatever, Amazon, ways to make money that we just didn't think of before. Well, we didn't, but Apple did. Apple already found a way to sell stuff over the phone. I mean, look at iTunes. That's how they built that up. The smartphone, I know we say the iPhone, but they made a lot of extra money off all those services with the apps and the iPhone. Things that we just never dreamt of before. Now, as far as the infrastructure, I, I talked about MEC, which is mobile edge computing. That's another thing that we're going to have to put at these sites somehow, somewhere, to really cut down on the latency and also to offload a lot of the uh, the backhaul, I'd say, because it's going to be a better way. CRAN, I see, is taking off. Active antennas, they're going to put a lot of active antennas out there. It's the only way they're going to get the throughput that they want. Plus, it's going to be a smaller form factor in the antenna, uh, in the antenna on the tower. The antenna is going to be a little smaller because you have the radio head and the antenna all in one. If you have one device out there, it cuts down on coax, cuts down on the, the service work. If all your fibers are plug and play, so they don't have to terminate or clean the fiber to site anymore. Life's good. I mean, really, it's not all savings. I talked about the things that are going to change that you're going to have to pay for up front. But you're also going to have to look as the broadband grows, the backhaul is going to have to grow. I know they're trying to get more efficient with muxing and things like that over the fiber. But the reality is the fiber providers are going to win. Whether you're a vendor that sells fiber, outdoor fiber, jumpers, whatever, or if you're simply a fiber provider, you know, and I, I know a lot of these carriers have a lot of the dark fiber, but fiber is going to be key. Whoever can provide this, whoever can provide it in any way. Sprint just signed that contract with Altice where they're going to use the lit fiber because it's going to be quick and easy to tie into. But I'm curious what the monthly reoccurring is going to be like on that. I can see the OPEX shooting up pretty quick as they use more data. Again, I don't know the deals of the contract. However, speaking of Sprint, I think they're going to get the last laugh. If Sprint can get out of their own way and actually utilize that 2.5 gigahertz spectrum they have. They have a crap load of spectrum. They might as well use it. I read an article in Forbes that basically Will Townsend talks about how Sprint will win the 5G race. And I, I, would, like to, <laughs> I would like to agree with that. But what I have seen is Sprint make colossal bad decisions. And uh, if they can get out of their own way, I mean, they're debt ridden, we all thought SoftBank would turn them around, and maybe they will. And then they tried to merger with T-Mobile, which failed. But in years past, let's face it, the Nextel merger, disaster. To go with WiMAX over LTE, disaster. The way they cut costs, and they, they didn't build out the TDD, the 2.5 system the way we thought they would, disaster. It just put them behind every leg of the race. Maybe Marcelo Clore can turn it around. Maybe Masasan of SoftBank can turn it around. I haven't really seen anything yet. You know, maybe this is a year, maybe 2018 is a year, but I'm not impressed. I mean, they talk a good story. Everyone talks a good story. That's easy. 
I'm talking right now. I could say anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. What I really want to see is action, and not just action, but very smart, determined, strategic action that leads to winning the 5G race. That's what I would love to see. But again, when you read what they put out, it's just more rhetoric. I'm very disappointed. But I think they have the potential. Can they do it? Can they get out of their own way? They have a lot of debt to pay down. I mean, what, each, each year they have some balloon payment of $2 billion or more, it seems. I hope they can do it. I'm rooting for them. I know they're number four. I'm hoping they make some sort of comeback and at least look good. <laughs> but I don't know. But all the U.S. carriers are going to have to be creative. I'm going to end it on that note. I talked enough for one day. I appreciate everyone following me. Again, Wade for Wireless. Wade for the number four wireless.com. That's my website. I have TechFecta, which is T E C H F E C T A.com, which is another consulting. And that's where I'm going to start doing all my reports. And I am going to start some training videos soon. So I'll get that out to you guys. It all takes time, it all takes a lot of effort, but I appreciate it. Sign up on my mail list. I, I swear I'll improve my email list. Right now, I'm just putting an email out with every blog, and it's not pretty. I made a resolution for the year to improve my email campaign. I'll get better at it. Let me know if uh, you guys, what you want to hear about. The new book's coming out, but I do have other books. Trust me, I got plenty of books. I got the LTE Deployment Handbook. I got the Smart City Deployment Handbook. I got the Smart City Tech Handbook. I have Learning 5G in the Real World. I have plenty of books out there for you guys to learn. Take time, learn. Remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. See ya! <laughs>